Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you for doing that, and thank you for rating us weekly. 50,000 of you a week can't be all wrong, so thanks very much. And today is a great book and hopefully great interview relating to that book. Jade Wu is a practitioner of sleep medicine at Duke University. She has written a book called Hello Sleep, The Science and Art of Overcoming Insomnia Without Medications. It's St. Martin's Press, and it really is a sensational book. She has a whole bunch of points that are wonderful And I'm going to go over some of them as we go through this. And it's just a sensational book, Hello, Sleep. Now, I don't say that often, obviously, but this is sensational. So I know I'm probably embarrassing Dr. Jade Wu or at least making her feel good. But hopefully you'll feel good. Our two sponsors, LifeFirstNaturals.com the makers of True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum. You'll want to go to the website, lifefirstnaturals.com, see their randomized double-blind studies. They have them for the True Biotics on both preventing urinary tract infections, and they have two probiotics in their women's health mix. The other one has been shown to increase, or at least to prevent, as great a decrease in bone density as you age. So, LifeFirstNaturals.com, and the other one, of course, is bovine colostrum. That is something that has been shown in randomized double-blind studies for both Italian soccer players and ordinary kids in America that decreases upper respiratory infections by about 50% in the kids, even greater in the soccer players. That's bovine colostrum, so you'll want to consider both of those. Do look at the randomized controlled studies, or at least show them to your practitioner so he or she can talk to you about that. The other, our own website, longevityplaybook.com. You can go there and sign up for the newsletter. It's free to a week on the latest news of the week in longevity. It's almost a companion to our A segments, which are the latest news of the week and what it means to you. Let's come back to Dr. Jade Wu from Duke University, who has a great overview in Hello Sleep that I think is so wonderful. She starts with sunlight is the most underrated sleep aid. So tell us why that is, Dr. Wu. Sure. So when we think about sleep, we usually think about nighttime, right? But sleep is actually a 24-hour phenomenon. We have sleep and wake. They're like the yin and yang of our experiences. So sunlight is really important during the day because it helps us to set our biological clocks. Our biological clocks help us to know when to be awake and when to be asleep. So when your clock is happy and strong, then you will be very alert and functional during the day and very sleepy and get good quality sleep at night. Does that mean that people in Seattle or Cleveland, where we have a lot of overcast days, can't sleep as well as people in, for example, Palm Springs, where they have bright sun all the time? 
Well, even cloudy days outside are perfectly bright enough to set your clock. So even if you live in Seattle or Cleveland, if you get outside for, let's say, half an hour a day, that's plenty enough to set your clock. And it mitigates the effects of screens in the evening. What about seeing the sun through the windows? That's not quite enough because even though it feels like you're getting sunlight, that's actually still a lot darker than if you are actually outside. And what about my glasses tint dark to protect my eyes and corneas, my outer surface? Does that take away the blue wavelength enough that I'm not getting the value for sleep? It depends on what type of glasses you have. So if you have blue light blocking glasses, then that will take away a lot of the blue light that stimulates you during the day and sets your clock. But I believe there are glasses that can protect your eyes that don't block out blue light. Or, you know, you can still go outside and enjoy light that way and still have yourself be protected. As you can tell, she is an expert at this. Now, we talked a little bit, probably three or four weeks ago. I can't remember the story, but Michelle Derrick always says that you should wake up at the same time. It's more important than going to bed at the same time. And she always cites that. And when we talked about that on the show, I got a letter from a guy who said, look, I go to bed later on the weekends. I've got to get up later to get my full eight hours or seven and a half hours. So I can't get up the same time. I want to get up If I'm going to bed later, I want to get up later. What's wrong with that? And he said, if you want me to get up at the same time, 6 a.m. every, he actually said 5.43 every morning, I can't do it on the weekends when I go to bed much later at 12 or 1, I'd have to take a nap during the day. The reason that it's important to wake up at about the same time throughout the week is that you want to keep your circadian clock steady. That makes you sleep better and wake better. So by keeping the clock steady, I mean like maybe an hour's wiggle room. So if you wake up at 5.45 weekdays, try to keep it to about 6.45 on the weekends. Because otherwise, if there's a lot of back and forth, then you're basically jet lagging yourself. For someone who wakes up at 5.30 weekdays, but 8.30 on weekends, you're basically flying yourself from New York to Los Angeles and back you know, every week. And so you're basically experiencing jet lag. So to avoid that, you know, try to keep it within one time zone. And you can have a nap on weekends to make up for not having not enough sleep. It's actually more important to keep your circadian clock steady. Another point you make in the book, and again, the book is Hello Sleep by Jade Wu, W-U, The Science and Art of Overcoming Insomnia Without Medications. Another point you make is that tired is different from sleepy. By that, I'm always tired and sleepy at the same time. What's wrong with me since I don't have two different patterns? There's nothing wrong with that. That's nice and simple for you. When you're tired and sleepy, you can go to bed. I make that distinction for many people with insomnia because when they conflate the two and they go to bed when they're tired but not yet sleepy, then they're setting themselves up for struggling to fall asleep. 
because you may very well have a very tiring day where you're, you know, running around doing a lot of things, you're mentally exhausted, you're done with your day, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've built up enough sleep drive, nor does it mean necessarily that it's the right time in your circadian cycle to be going to bed. So instead of working against your body and forcing yourself to go to bed when your body's not ready, let's actually wait for the body to tell us our sleepy cues before going to bed. So tired can mean you don't have a purpose in life or you're not driving towards the purpose at that time or you're bored with whatever you're doing at that time. You may be bored at watching a TV show that you watch every time, if you will, if you see the same news 14 times in the uh, two-hour period you're watching it, you may get bored and tired, but you're not sleepy. So explain that, if you will. Yeah, so tired can be due to many different reasons. It can be, like you say, you're bored or even just dehydrated or you haven't talked to your friends for a while and you need a little pick-me-up and or your, your mood is kind of down in the dumps. There are many things that masquerade as tired. So often, even when we're feeling depressed, we feel like, oh, I just want to go to bed and sleep this off. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're sleepy. Sleepy just means you're about to fall asleep. So if your eyes are getting heavy, you're yawning, you're having trouble staying awake, that's what sleepy means. Now, one of the things I want to take issue with in the book is caffeine. So caffeine is important for preventing dementia. It decreases 9 to 11 cancers, depending on how you define them, such as colon cancer and esophageal cancer and rectal cancer and breast cancer. And it decreases Alzheimer's and dementia. So I try and have, you can see, although the listeners can't see this, in fact, I have probably eight cups of coffee a day and almost have to have some at night in order to stay asleep so that my levels don't change so much as I wake up from withdrawal. So I like coffee and you say it's a false fuel. I don't use it. I suppose I use it uh, as a liquid rather than a fuel. I think as with anything, there's a sweet spot, right? Too much can be too harmful, but too little, you know, may not be enough. And people's sensitivity tolerance for caffeine may be different as well. And how long caffeine lasts in someone's system can also change over time and depending on their stage of life. For example, during pregnancy, the metabolism for caffeine slows down a lot, right? So kind of depending on who you are and what stage of life you're in, there are different levels of coffee that work well for you. Now, I do see a lot of patients who are taking more coffee, more caffeine than they maybe ought to be or need to be. And they are experiencing caffeine crashes or they are kind of staying hyped up all day long and they don't know why they can't calm their bodies at night. And so you don't need to cut off caffeine completely, but sometimes experimenting with decreasing even just 20%, 25% of your caffeine, people have seen great results for getting better sleep and feeling more energized during the day for that matter. I'm lucky enough to do executive health, which is a lot of high-powered CEOs and that type of thing. And especially the women group of that that is the female group of that, as they go through menopause and lose some of the progestin, say they're up at night a lot more and 
they say that they're constantly, when they get up, if they don't fall asleep, if they get up to urinate, for example, and they don't fall asleep immediately, they, in fact, start thinking about all the things that work they have to do, and they never can get back to sleep. What's the solution for both the men and women in that group? And you handle that beautifully in the book. So I don't want to, this is not a question that we're posing that is not answered in the book in Hello Sleep. Dr. Wu deals with this beautifully. And so I'm giving her a a softball, if you will, to talk to us about. (laughs) Well, this is the million dollar question. I think this is the biggest complaint people have is the middle of the night awakenings and the racing mind. So I think especially for busy people, who are doing high-level mental work all day, it's really hard to turn that off at night and to compartmentalize. So there are lots of different strategies for addressing this, not only at night, but during the day too. So for example, during the day, I think one simple thing that we can do is to set aside time to worry or to plan. So whatever the kind of thing is that tends to keep you up at night, do that on purpose during the day and set aside 15 to 30 minutes on purpose to do that. I call that a mental litter box. It's almost like you make a box for your the, your mind kitten so that it doesn't go all over the place. You know, you create a place for it to go and you sort of get that worrying and planning and strategizing out of your system during that set time and during which you write down the things you can control and worry about the things you cannot control. And then outside of that time, it's a lot easier to defer your worries and planning to the next worry time or to the next mental litter box. So that's one of the strategies. And another thing we can do practice during the day is mindfulness. And this is to be just in the here and now without multitasking, without projecting into the future, going into the past. And that's really hard to do for someone who's very strategic and multitasking all the time. But to come back to the present and to get out of your head and into your body allows you to stay grounded and to stay in one place and one time at a time. And that brings down the hyperarousal in your body and in your brain and allows sleep to come back to you much more easily. So if they practice meditating during the day, they can do that when they get up and let those thoughts go away. And that's the answer as I take it from reading the book? Sort of. I I would say it's a two-parter. First of all, you have to give your mind space to do the worrying and planning that it wants to do. We can't just keep kicking that can down the road. And then on top of that, outside of that worry time, we also do need to let our minds rest. Because if we're going hard all day, mentally and physically, then the signal that we're sending to our bodies is that there must be a saber-toothed tiger behind us, chasing us. Because otherwise, why wouldn't we slow down and rest, right? And if there's a tiger behind us, then it's not a good idea to fall asleep. So of course, then our bodies and minds are going to be revved up. So we need to send that safety signal to our bodies by planning times of rest during the day of meditation, of letting our minds wander, of being in nature, taking some deep breaths, taking those times to actually get in touch with our body. So the book is called Hello Sleep by Jade Wu. You can tell it is that I loved it. 
I hope you do too. The Science and Art of Overcoming Insomnia Without Medications. Jade Wu's last name is spelled W-U. It's available, obviously, on Amazon, hopefully at your local independent bookstore as well. Jade, thank you very much for coming on. Is there a website we can throw to where people can find out more about you or the book? Yes. My website is drjwu.com, D-R, and then my name, my full name spelled out, J-A-D-E-W-U.com. And the book, of course, is Hello, Sleep. We're brought to you, as usual, by Bovine Colostrum. Jade, maybe you should do that to get rid of the cough and cold as well. Bovine Colostrum, 2,000 milligrams a day, outstanding way of preventing upper respiratory infections, especially from lack of sleep or jet lag, or which is common when people travel. Maybe that's why it was higher in the Italian soccer players than in the kids, but in both groups, it decreased upper respiratory infections by over 70% and about 50%. You'll want to look at lifefirstnaturals.com to find out more about those studies, as well as the data on their true biotics and preventing urinary tract infection or decreasing the risk of urinary tract infection and what it does for bone, skin, and hair. That's True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum, both from lifesfirstnaturals.com. And I hope you will go to also longevityplaybook.com, sign up for our newsletter. It tells the latest in science. And one of the stories we talked about this week was, in fact, the change in your bacteria as you go through the day and go into sleep, as well as through the seasons. Dr. Jade Wu has been our guest to Low Sleep. Do look at that. It is a wonderful book. It's a great book to give someone as well if they are having a sleep problem. So if your partner is waking you up because they can't sleep, think about giving them a low sleep. Thank you for downloading us and listening. This has been 1150B of You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast. Do look at the A's, the latest medical news of the week, and what it means to you. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week. Hope you are too.